0: So, remember last week when I was told you I was listening to that book, mm-hmm. Princesses Behaving Badly? hmm So, there's one. It's a real short story, and, like, I tried to Google it, and I was like, maybe I should do an episode about her. I don't think she's... She didn't do anything important. She's done some wild shit. Mm-hmm. So, there's this woman... So, picture it. I hate that you did that, because that's the first line of my story today is sure <laughs> it. <picture> it? <laughs> Look, it's going to happen. Okay, so this woman wanders into this home in, it's like 19, it's in the 1900s sometime. Mm -hmm. I don't remember when. Wanders into this home. And she's wearing this, like, red dress with this black and red, like, shawl over the top. Mm -hmm. And she's speaking some language that nobody can understand. And she indicates that she wants to lay down on this couch. Mm -hmm. So the woman who owns this house is like, the fuck is going on here? (laughs) (laughs) Why is this woman in my house? Mm -hmm. So she goes, gets her neighbor, brings them back to be like, you see this shit? Mm -hmm. What's happening here? So this woman somehow expresses that her name is princess caribou um uh, okay. from from javasu do you know the story i think i do okay there's been a few stories No, go yeah. ahead Keep going. okay so anyway for anybody who doesn't know this story princess caribou from javasu was a princess who had been captured by slavers and brought to england And she escaped, and now she's got all of her fineries, and she's trying to get back to, you know, she's trying to get back to her home country. Mm -hmm. And so these people are like, oh, she's so exotic, and we need to help her, and this and that and the other thing. But turns out... Princess Caribou is not a person, uh-huh. nor is she, like, a Malaysian princess, which she s- was said yeah. to be. Her name was actually Sarah Baker, and she was just, like, the local nut <laughs> who... And I'm not trying to, like, downplay mental, you know, yeah, mental disorders. However, she was just, like cuckoo bananas mm-hmm. and, and fucking paraded around pretending to be like this asian princess mm-hmm. so people would dote on her and then finally this woman was like she looks an awful lot like a border that i had a couple weeks ago who just kind of disappeared yeah she's definitely english so eventually finally <laughs> she was like okay look <laughs> here's all this other crazy shit anyway is a good story, but it, I couldn't find like a ton of, you know, and like material and for like actual information about mm-hmm. her, other than she just she's, decided she's one a wild day, woman, <laughs> decided one day I'm gonna be a princess and have people dote on me. And they did for months. Yeah. She convinced this whole like English community <clears throat> that she was some kind of princess. Wow. Well, yeah. I can't believe that the fact that she wasn't Malaysian just (laughs) didn't give it away. (laughs) And that's why access to education is important. (laughs) Right? She's like, I mean, I got the costume. I'll just make up some sounds that sound like words and say it's my own language. Yeah, it's crazy. Do you know how the word barbarian came about? No. So the original group of people who were labeled as barbarians... The language sounded to outsiders uh, like "ba ba ba ba," <laughs> so they called them "ba bar barbarians." Really? Yeah. My that's- history professor told me that. If that's wrong, <laughs> I paid a lot of money for that <laughs> wrong bit of information. He's, he's, was it a he? Mm-hmm. He's just sitting back, waiting for somebody to be regurgitate that knowledge somewhere, so he can be like. <laughs> They believed it. <laughs> he can feel a shift in the air. <laughs> somebody <laughs> has just made a <laughs> fool of themselves. <laughs> it was probably me. <laughs> it's constantly me. Uh, we have a rule in our house. Everybody, it's a joke. It's a, to anybody who's listening. Because I think I said this once and somebody was like, that doesn't sound right. Anyway, the rule in our house is Danny is always right. Mm-hmm. And rule number two is it's always Cassie's fault. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a fun thing that we say. It's not true. (laughs) Although Danny is usually right (laughs) (laughs) about most things. (laughs) Anyway, hello, everyone. Hello. This is that mod's got proxy. (laughs) That's right. And we're Spanish (laughs) soldiers. We have canyons. (laughs) This last episode. Sorry, everyone. (laughs) Now you have to keep that in. (laughs) And now you have to listen to our next episode, our last episode. Gosh. It's true. If you haven't listened to it, go listen to that before you listen to this one. Mm -hmm. And don't be confused when I say it's That Broad has Got Moxie, because that's the actual name of this podcast. That's right. Not That Mod's Got Broxy. Nobody says that. Zeth says it. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me, actually. <laughs> he says a lot of weird shit. <laughs> I'm Kiana. I'm Cassie. Danny's here. Danny's over there. He's. We're going to get shave ice when we're done recording this episode. Because mm-hmm. it's going to be a hot one. Is it? I think so. Okay. I mean, probably not as hot as, as it has been, but... Look, anything above seventy-five, and I get a little schwitzy. So, any I like to cool down? Any weather that I experience makes me sweat. <laughs> <laughs> Full stuff. That's true. Cold out, you sweaty. Raining, sweaty. Mm-hmm. I, I like moisture. the rain though. I do too. Because you can't tell that I'm sweating because it's just wet. Indeed. And then we all just look like drowned rats. <laughs> <laughs> uh, rats can swim sorry (laughs) well but they could still drown i'm people can swim but they can drown too no you got me you got me on that one (laughs) thank you (laughs) got you in a loop cassie's always right in this house (laughs) (laughs) that's the first time those words have ever been uttered is it my turn yep excellent okay so this is episode 34 34 took us a long time to figure out 34? Last year's. Last year's. Last <laughs> episodes. 34. You want some more? Here it goes. Boom. All right. This week, I took another person from... This is part two. This is part two. Part two of your this story. This is part two of Princesses Behaving Badly from that lovely book. Mm-hmm. And I'll By tell you... Mick Mick... Um, nope. Mick... Greg... no Mick... Linda Rodriguez McRobbie. Mick Robbie. Yes. Mick... R-O-B-B-I-E. McRobbie. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Okay. So, this is actually, I think, the very first story in the book. hmm Just kidding. She's about four chapters in. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just um, <laughs> immediately tell us a lie. <laughs> Take it right oh, back. Oh, but let me tell you, there are several people in this book, I forgot to mention this last week, she talks about, um, she talks about Kutalun. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Wu Mm Zaitan, Queen Nzinga Mm. of Mm Ndongo, and there was Malinche, like I talked about last week, and I thought there was another one. But anyway, there's a whole bunch of women that we've already talked about, and I was like, oh, yeah, look at us. (laughs) Okay. Oh, I'm just banging shit against shit over here. (laughs) Sorry. Okay. So this week... I am talking about Olga of Kiev. Ooh. Um, she is one saint that you do not want to fuck with. I'm just going to okay. kick it off here. Okay. So she's born in like 890-ish. Nobody really knows. Um, and she was born in Kievan Rus, which is like a big chunk of... Air, you know, a big chunk of area that's made up of what is now Ukraine, mostly Ukraine, but also parts of Russia and Belarus. Yeah. Okay. She came from a family of Vikings and was of the Ryoriki, Ryoriki dynasty. Okay. Okay. Um, and they, like, the, the Ryoriki dynasty and that whole family uh, ruled... Kievan Rus and this whole area until the 1500s when colonial powers came to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's her story. That's her backstory. <laughs> so <laughs> that's her story. That's it. That's it. Done. <laughs> that's all we care about. When she was born, where she was from. She was married to a man named Igor of Kiev. And he is kind of the ruler of of, the, of Kievan Rus. hmm He's a greedy asshole. Okay. Who was unloved by his own people. And... <laughs> Why are you dragging this man? <laughs> Look! Shut your mouth. <laughs> he probably deserves it. Go ahead. Yes. No, no. Wait. This is not about him. I mean, okay. it kind of is, but it's not. Yeah. Shh. <laughs> Sit back, <laughs> relax, and listen to the story. He was unloved by his own people and hated... By the Drevlians, who were the, you know, tribe of people down the road. All right. So he forced them to pay an annual tribute to him. But as he was not satisfied with the first tribute, he went back and demanded more from the Drevlians. So this annual tribute became like technically a biannual tribute mm-hmm. because he made them pay it twice okay which is some real <laughs> bullshit they were like uh, annual that one time that just means one tribute so nice you pay it twice <laughs> <laughs> oh! oh that's a good thank you thank you <sighs> look i thank depend you on you <laughs> i love you thank i really you. depend on you for these ridiculous puns okay so it's nine forty-five. look Mm -hmm. as a year (laughs) (laughs) makes my brain explode. I can't think of things too big Mm -mm. because, wow, I'm so small. (sighs) It's it's a lot. (laughs) So it's 9.45. Igor wants more money, more furs, and more honey, which is apparently what they're famous for. (laughs) And the Drevlians decided that they need to fucking get rid of this guy. Yeah. So one night... They captured him, tied him between two trees, and tore him in two. Mm. So, Igor, so bad, you pay it twice. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you made it happen once. Let's not try again. Man, I was trying too hard. I'm so, sorry. <laughs> Dan- but Danny and I were trying to decide if they, like ha- like, have them from, like, Top to bottom, mm-hmm. like, two sides, like, east and west. Yeah. Or if they cut him, like, in the equator, like, north and south pieces. I believe, if I know torture correctly, I believe it's <laughs> north and south. Because I think so. Because it's also the easiest way to rip somebody apart. Yeah. And it's like, right, they do, like, saplings. Yes. And then they just, like, cut the... They tie them together, they cut it, and then they snap apart, and that's what snaps your body in half. Yeah. Danny was talking about William Wallace, because yesterday was the anniversary of when he was killed
1: mm-hmm.
0: and he was apparently uh, he was more than quartered and beheaded they did a whole shitload of terrible things to him first hmm. but anyway he was torn in half yeah not great seems painful <laughs> <laughs> yeah it doesn't seem great because also you're not immediately dead no you're i just mean eviscerated and your your gooey bits are all over the floor <laughs> you're a. Uh, it was my story the Malaysian story. You're just a head with all the entrails. <laughs> exactly. Your boobs on your back. Head and entrails. Everything's wrong with your body. You smell like pickles. <laughs> yeah. All Ugh. the things are wrong. Danny always asks if I'm trying to summon a pelisette. <laughs> like it's become a regular thing. That she says to me, "You trying to trying to summon a pelisette?" <laughs> dandling a lot of dead bodies (laughs) i don't remember what i was i think i was helping somebody was helping somebody stand up the other day it was like i'm dandling you yeah (laughs) it was very funny anyway he's dead igor's dead igor's dead really really dead (laughs) cassie is he dead super dead d e d (laughs) oh dead (laughs) Okay. Igor's violent murder (laughs) left Olga I don't know, this is terrible. It only gets worse from here. Okay. Like exceptionally worse. Okay. Okay. So his violent murder left Olga a heartbroken widow with a three year old son. And his name is Sviatoslav. Ooh, I Yeah. Did you hear that? I nailed that. Okay. (laughs) so the drevlians are like fuck yeah we just killed the prince of russia Mm -hmm. now let's go take his wife uh we're gonna capture her take her back to iskorosten which is the capital of like their people Mm -hmm. uh give him to our prince and then we can use her kid as like a puppet king basically we'll bend bend them both to our will so, this is where the story gets real B A N A N A S. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Gwen Stefani. You're welcome. <laughs> I heard Hey Baby at the gym this morning, and I was like, oh, we are throwing it back so far today. <laughs> that album was, I think, my first <sighs> it's such CD. That's a good album. Really? Your first CD? Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. I need to work past this a little bit. I can't was? Yes. Fucking tub thumping. Ooh, love Chumba that. Chumbo wumba. That's not a real thing. Okay. That is. So a I know cat. it is, but it's a dumb name. Okay. It's probably indigenous. I feel bad for saying that now. Are they? I don't. No, they're not. But they probably stole it, and were like, oh, this is a fun name, but it actually probably means something. Or they were completely like obtuse. Hosed to and they were like mm. Jumbo <laughs> <laughs> eating a slice of pizza <laughs> after having a hard night drinking away drinking the whiskey drink and the cider drink and the vodka drink. And the vodka drink. they went home <laughs> had a piece of pizza and we're like Jumbo <laughs> <I'm dead. D-E-D. laughs> I can't <Dead>. deal. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I need to get back to my story. I'll never get through this. Okay. So most of the, quote, history of this, like, wild shit was written in a book called Tales of Bygone Years, a.k.a. the Russian Primary Chronicle, which is a collection of myths and stories from the beginning of Kievan Rus. All right. Here we go, bitches. Okay. I wrote that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to forget to say it. <laughs> so, the Drevlians send 20 of their top men to, quote, discuss a new arrangement, a.k.a. capture everybody and bring them back to East Kerouston. Yeah. So, she greets them graciously, ever the good hostess, and their proposition was basically marry our prince or else. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. So, she said quote your proposal is pleasing to me indeed my husband cannot rise again from the dead rip so she basically says like okay so how about you guys come by tomorrow and I can like honor you in the presence of my court and you know we'll do the whole shebang Mm -hmm. so they left they're fucking dummies (laughs) during the night older (laughs) I'm I'm making myself laugh (laughs) at my own shitty joke (laughs) Olga had her men dig a huge ditch. That's a huge ditch. (laughs) I literally told Danny about that this morning and I was like, you're going to laugh so hard at my joke. And nobody laughed. (laughs) Fuck me then, I guess. Because I laughed. Well, I appreciate you. Thank you it's so funny i've never never been able to like write it so well and i was like oh it's good okay a huge ditch in front of her castle uh when the guys returned when these men returned the next morning her men attacked them from behind basically dumped these guys into this big hole and buried them alive Oh, Um, she (laughs) sucks. Oh, wait, it gets better. So it's said that she leaned over the side of the hole and asked, Is this honor to your taste? Uh, Bitch! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it gets worse. Don't worry. Okay, so she sends word to the Derevlians. Send me your most distinguished men to escort me back to your castle. If if not, like my people aren't gonna let me leave. Mm-hmm. So the Drevlians got their most distinguished men. They've also s- all they've already sent like their quote best men. Yeah, right. The go and get her done kind of guys. Yeah. Um. So now they're sending their most distinguished. So they're greeted with warm welcomes, um, and everything seemed real hunky-dory. Basically, like, oh, you must be exhausted after, like, such a long journey. Why don't you all go and enjoy a hot bath, take it easy, get cleaned up for dinner, and then we'll go and feast. So they're all, like, super stoked, and they all head into the bathhouse for some steamy fun. (laughs) (laughs) Look, we know. Once the men were inside and all settled into their bathtubs, the doors were locked and the building was set on fire. Whoa. <laughs> yep. Yep. Okay. So then she sends word to the Drevlians once more, letting them know she's on her way. And basically she says, get all the mead. Mm-hmm. Right? When I get there, she's like, I want to see my husband's two halves. and then (laughs) and then we're gonna have a big funeral feast and like celebrate our new future together the Drevlians were like where's all our guys and she goes you know don't worry they're on their way too we're moving Uh, as a pack look they're they're bringing up the rear everything's cool Uh, don't you know don't worry about it and then I said They should have worried. (laughs) (laughs) Like a lot. (laughs) So Olga arrives with her whole crew and like, whoop, let's party, right? So the Drevlians know how to live it up. They all got hammered on all this mead Mm -hmm. uh, that Olga demanded that they get. After the Drevlians were all drunk and passed out, Olga's men slaughtered 5,000 of them. That's a lot. Sure is. But that's not all. Olga returned to Kievanros and sent her armies out to destroy the villages surrounding the Drevlian capital. Anyone who survived fled the countryside and hid behind the walls of East Karosten. I just remembered that she's a saint. <laughs> <laughs> she sure is. Don't you worry? We're getting there All right, okay. I have a lot of thoughts on it. <laughs> Sorry, I'm really sweaty. After a year, so after a year of trying to take East Karostan by force, Olga calls off the siege. Right? Mm-hmm. So now one would think that she has done enough damage at this point, right? <laughs> uh, and, you know, and that her bloodlust might be satisfied. Well, you'd be wrong. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> she devised a new plan. This is another terrible joke, but I'm so proud of it. East Corostan was battered. Now it would fry. (laughs) (laughs) I was just on a roll. (laughs) Gosh. My mother was just shaking her (laughs) head. And was like, she's trying really hard. (laughs) Your mom should be proud. That's what I said. Okay. So basically... Olga says to the Drevlians, like, why are you not giving us tribute? You could be harvesting vegetables and shit right now like everyone else. Like, what's your deal? And the Drevlians were like, we didn't realize that was an option. We've been under siege this whole time. We didn't know you wanted tribute. If that's all it was going to take, we would have done it a long time ago. Yeah. And they were like, uh, are you cool? Like, is everything going to be okay? <laughs> and basically she was like, I've avenged my husband. I've got it out of my system. No hard feelings. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh, my God. Basically, she's like, I'm fine. Let's just make peace. And <laughs> the Drevlians were like, oh, thank the gods. What <laughs> what can we please do for you? Please try and stop trying to murder everyone. Yeah. So she goes, I don't want any furs. I don't want any of your money. All I ask is for three sparrows and three doves from everyone in the city. So people handed over a shit ton of birds. (laughs) Not sure where or how they acquired said birds, but whatevs. Oh, my God. So, okay. Here's what happened. Olga had her men tie cloths. Dipped in sulfur to the feet of each bird. Okay. And then they set them on fire. The birds, the birds. These incendiary birds flew into the city, back to their nests, and set everything Stop on, on fire. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is terrible. I know. <laughs> Shook <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I really just can't I'm like look let me tell you how this went. I was like, this is unfucking believable. So I Googled birds as incendiary devices. <laughs> You're on a list now. <laughs> the NSA's got your ass. <laughs> they sure do. Also, the number of serial killers I Google is <laughs> upsetting. So, this is nothing new. They're watching me, I know. <laughs> so, birds as incendiary devices. And found out that just recently, it's, I want to say, I if somewhere in the Middle East. I couldn't even tell you exactly which country. Uh-huh. Somebody used a falcon. And essentially did the same thing. They strapped an incendiary device to it. It never set on fire, but the bird got caught in a tree and died, which is very <gasps> <Baby>. upsetting. <laughs> um, But, like, I'm just saying, 950, 2019, people got the same fucking idea, apparently. Nature's drone. Yeah, nature's drone strike. <laughs> What happened to these birds? <laughs> they were all fried, Aww. and so was everything else in the entire city. Oh, that's <sighs> okay. Are you done laughing? I'm sorry. I really am. Okay, so obviously East Karosten is just decimated. Mm-hmm. It's a pile of rubble, mm-hmm. burned, burned rubble. Um, and that was that. Like <laughs> she was like. Okay, done now. (laughs) You guys are done. I hate her. (laughs) She's terrible. So she ruled as queen regent in Kievan Rus for over 20 years. Oh my God. She was the first ruler in Kievan Rus to introduce currency and was the first of her dynasty to convert to Eastern Orthodox Christianity, which created many commercial and diplomatic possibilities. In 955, Olga was baptized in Constantinople. That'll save her. <laughs> <laughs> it was Istanbul. It's Constantinople. It was. No. That's what I said. It is. It is Istanbul. Oh, wait, you're right. <laughs> How could it be was 210? <laughs> Look, it's not Istanbul yet. It was Constantinople. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. I'm Do you done. Like... Mm. <laughs> you know you did that, right? You did. I, I had no control over my lips. <laughs> okay. So, Cons- Constantinople, mm-hmm. don't know if you know, is named after Constantine, mm-hmm. right? Who's the emperor of said Constantinople. So, basically, this is another little story about her. <clears throat> Constantine Seventh, He's the emperor. He was enamored with her. She was apparently, quote, very fair of countenance and wise as well. And she was, quote, worthy to reign with him in his city. So basically he proposed to her. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but Olga was like, I'm good. I'm <laughs> good. You should have seen what happened to my last husband, yeah. and what happened after that. It was bad news. <laughs> I um, just can't trust again. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I've built walls around I've, my heart. I've just been hurt, and then I set them on fire with birds. Um, okay, so but Olga only wanted to trade with Byzantium, like not go getting into relationship. Yeah, uh, you know, with an emperor who could end up taking her power. Mm-hmm. So she's a smart cookie. Basically she says to him, I can't marry you. Like I'm not a Christian, still a pagan. So um unless like you want to baptize me mm-hmm. and then we could get married. Mm-hmm. So he does the whole baptism thing and afterwards tells her tells her again like, hey, I want you to be my main squeeze. Mm-hmm. And she replied, quote, How can you marry me after yourself baptizing me and calling me your daughter? For among Christians, that is unlawful, as you yourself <laughs> must know. <laughs> then the emperor said, Olga, you have outwitted me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you know, like a thousand? No. Not a thousand, like 600. Look, my math isn't good. At, <laughs> like 600 years later, in 1547, she was named Saint Olga by the Russian Orthodox Church. And she is the patron saint of widows and converts. Uh, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. One last bit. Fun fact She was the inspiration for an album called A Perfect Absolution. By Gorod, which is a French death metal band. Okay, and that is the story of Saint Olga of Kiev. Oh my god! <laughs> You're welcome. That. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's all I got. That's wild. That, you know, all that murder so much murder and they were still like you know who's a good gal <laughs> Olga. <laughs> Olga let's let's give that bitch a saint let's title let's I don't saint know saint her and uh I thought she'd be like oh the saint of revenge or like the saint of yep. comeuppance no, no. karma the saint of that's widows and converts not- <laughs> hmm I tell you <laughs> I mean I get that she was upset. Mm. Overkill? Yeah, maybe? A little bit? Oh. Hmm. Hmm. That's just something to think about. Sure is. Some food for that. (laughs) Well, he must have been a good lay. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) What happened to her son? Do you know? What? Um, He went on to, like, conquer a bunch of places. Oh, okay. And ruled. That's why she was regent. Like, when he, once he was an adult, he would have taken control of the throne. Mm-hmm. But she was regent for over 20 years because he was out conquering and shit. And he was like, hey, mom, no. you just uh, take care of business back home. Okay. So, yeah. I feel like how I did after the Griselda Blanco episode. Where I was just <laughs> like... Well, now I got to fucking tell a story. <laughs> no, at the gym this morning, we were talking about um, <laughs> basically how people that we like, just like mm-hmm. me and Danny, like or respect or look up to or whatever, have like take to the media mm-hmm. and talk about this person who by all accounts is not great. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I guess it kind of like that time when I talked about Griselda Blanco. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, she was giving people jobs. <laughs> Danny was like, my favorite part of that story is when Canada told you to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I tell you to shut up s- often. Look, my goal <laughs> telling these stories is just for you to shake your head and tell me to shut up. Yeah. It really tickles me. <laughs> Okay, I get to sit back and fucking let some things (laughs) cool down because I laughed too hard at my own bad jokes. (laughs) All right, who are you talking about today? Okay, so I'm going to talk about a group of women today Mm -hmm. called the Flying Cholitas. Oh, shit. Okay. Um, And I'm going to say some sources. Okay. So it was... Meet the Woman Wrestling Their Way to Equality in the High Andes by Lawrence Bouette Roche. It's a French last name, so you know I didn't say it right. <laughs> um, <laughs> the article Meet the Flying Cholitas, the Woman Who Wrestle in Their Petticoats by Messi Nessy. And the article The Flying Cholitas, Meet the Bolivian Woman Who Wrestle in Petticoats. Yeah. <laughs> Very similar I titles. love a woman who wrestles in petticoats. <laughs> <laughs> and that was by Alyssa Allen. Gorgeous. I can't wait. Picture it. Remember? <laughs> yep, I remember. Picture it. Sunday afternoon in Bolivia. Uh huh. You look around and you see a crowd of hundreds of people gathered yonder. G- gathered yonder? They're yonder. What are they doing over there? Well What on God's green planet is all this here commotion about? <laughs> you ponder. For some reason you're a southern woman. That's <laughs> in <laughs> Bolivia. In Bolivia. That's not important to the story. But what is? Is that you realize, after conversion rates, you only have to pay a dollar to get into this commotion here. Oh, I'm see in. what's happening. Let's get in there. So you give the man at the entrance 20 Boliviano currency. Oh, okay. And you continue past the threshold. Mm-hmm. All the people around you are shouting and cheering. Mm-hmm. And up ahead, you spot a wrestling ring. Golly gee, <laughs> I'm paid to see some good old-fashioned man's wrestling, you think. Uh-huh. And then a woman enters the ring. That's right. Okay. She has a long, thick braid down to her waist, Oh. a slightly askew bowler hat on her head, and a beautiful, voluptuous, bread, bread, bright yellow, (laughs) (laughs) multi-layered skirt on. Oh. And because you have some deeply internalized misogyny and prejudice (laughs) that needs to be addressed. I don't. (laughs) You think this lovely lady is an announcer or a ring girl. Mm. But then another woman enters the ring in a similar dress, but instead she's wearing a puffy a blue puffy skirt, the color of the midday sky. oh yes, <laughs> my favorite color. <laughs> Before you can comprehend what's happening, the women turn into fighting machines, grappling and pushing each other, flying through the air from the ringside, toppling their opponent <laughs> trying to get the upper hand. Well, what intonation am I witnessing? <laughs> i don't know what it is but it's sexy <laughs> you my friend have stumbled upon a flying cholitas match yes <laughs> who are they well let me tell you okay dokey the flying cholitas are a group of indigenous women wrestlers active throughout the andean highlands of bolivia Hmm. Uh, most of the indigenous women are amara uh, which is a a tribe okay and it's a group that has faced ethnic oppression and exploitation since the spanish colonization of the region bastards mm. yeah um in history the amara were referred to uh, pejoratively as cholas or chola uh cholos <laughs> mm-hmm. was it cholas or cholas <laughs> <laughs> same thing cholos cholas um, which the woman, the flying Cholitas, have reclaimed and turned it into a symbol of pride. Perfect. Love when people do that. Uh, Cholitas have a very distinctive style, uh, and the roots of that style go back to the Spanish Inquisition of Amer- of the Americas. Um, since the forced European dress on the indigenous women, the clothes have been adapted by them to suit their local customs and climate. Hmm. So the skirt that they wear is called a palera, and it is a Spanish- peasant skirt that authorities would force them to wear instead of the european ankle boot that was commonly matched with the skirt the mm-hmm. women have chosen to instead to instead wear a rounded toe ballet flat type of shoe okay or, or like a sandal kind of like easy an, on easy off kind yeah, of shoe espadrille ish sometimes I love an espadrille I, I just like saying espadrille that's fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and the bowler hat that they wear has an interesting story behind it so, it is believed that an old British bowler hat salesman <laughs> ordered hats that were too small <laughs> for the male customers. Okay. And so, in a, in a desperate attempt to get rid of them, he just began selling them to the indigenous women, mm-hmm. and they liked them a lot. And so, no. that's it's just like, no. historically just been their thing now. Bowler hats are easily one of the ugliest hats. They, but they look really nice wearing <laughs> them. Um, there's a lot of, so a lot of the um, sources that I got from mm-hmm. are mostly, like, it's photojournalism. Okay. So there are, are going to be a ton of beautiful pictures <gasps> that we can get. Oh, I'm so excited. Okay. Um, so nowadays the hat has outward significance and it tells people the marital status of the women. Oh. So if they're single, mm-hmm. it's worn to the side. Okay. If um, it's an, like, hey. Yeah. How you like doing? It. Flirty kind of way. Okay. Hey. <laughs> If it's in the middle, they're married. Mm -hmm. And then if it's tilted backwards, it's complicated. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit! It's like Facebook on a head. (laughs) (laughs) It's like those rubber bracelets that was like, (laughs) green means (laughs) blowjob. And, you know, pink means I just want to (laughs) cuddle. Yes. (laughs) Accurate. Okay. That was a fun little anecdote, so I'm going to bring it down for just a hot minute. Yeah. Um, very often, this group, both men and women, were denied many opportunities. For example, they didn't have the ability to vote. Uh, they didn't have the right to enter restaurants, public transportation, and certain neighborhoods. Oh, shit. They couldn't own land. They couldn't learn to read. And they couldn't hold certain jobs. What could they do? Well. <laughs> breathe? Walk? Barely. Yes. <laughs> um, with a lack of access to the opportunity these opportunities uh they were forced into menial labor jobs that didn't pay much Mm -hmm. so that's what they were allowed to do so to supplement that oh they began wrestling Uh uh-huh and the wrestling is not at all like traditional wrestling and it's inspired by america's wwf and mexico's uh lucha libre matches Uh so it's it's a show gotcha oh yeah um it has been described as part acrobatics part theatrics that's fun. Oh, I like it. <laughs> After documenting... Sorry. What? I just had a quick side question. Yep. Do you watch Glow? No. Damn it! I watched the first episode and didn't really get into it. It gets so much better than that pilot girl. I know. But it's... it's Sometimes things just don't get me. Look. This... Mm-hmm. Tells a story. <laughs> Lots of badass women who are being exploited, you know, but mm-hmm. are fucking trying to make it work. Girl, it's real good. That's just my suggestions corner. Please carry on. Okay. Um 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 uh, uh uh After documenting after documenting the story of these women, photographer Tamagni said that they look, quote, like a circus show with a mix of tragedy and comic choreography. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Ten years ago, these wrestling matches were exclusively for men, but more recently, the cholitas have become involved in the sport. Hmm. So the idea of including female wrestler- wrestlers first came about when the president of a local team, Titans of the Ring, is what they were called. Oh shit! Wanted to attract more publicity. Mm-hmm. So many of the cholitas were originally like wives and daughters of the wrestlers, and then the publicity event whatever went so well Mm -hmm. that they just began taking the lead like the women wrestlers began taking a lead and becoming performers themselves Mm -hmm. and since then the cholitas have branched out and formed their own wrestling association that's awesome i love that they were like you know what's better than watching men wrestle watching some badass babes wrestle yeah (laughs) and it's like i like the outfits that they wear because like when you think about like WWF, boring is it e now yeah, um, WWE. Yeah, because WWE, the World Wildlife Wild Foundation, is yeah. pissed. piss. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I wrote WWF and I was like, this is wrong somehow, but it changed, right? So maybe that's why I feel. Yeah, yeah. WWE. They don't get to wear much clothes. No. And as a, as a young woman who wrestled, you need clothes. Yeah. <laughs> Things get pushed and rubbed, They're, rotted, and... and they could escape. <laughs> There's been... Most there's a, <laughs> I wore five sports bras underneath my singlet Unders- when I wrestled. Understandable because it was like the first match that I had with other women present. Uh huh. It would be like, oh yeah, I had a real bad nip slip one time. My whole <laughs> tit came out of the singlet. It was real awkward. We had to stop <laughs> the match. <laughs> just, You're like these bad boys are strapped down yeah. for good. I was flat chested my boobs locked and loaded were (laughs) underneath my armpits they'd just been pushed down so far (laughs) oh we danny was uh wolverine for halloween once and Mm -hmm. so we ace bandaged her Mm -hmm. and she was like she was like well i can't move or breathe (laughs) but they're not apparently there anymore (laughs) so two thumbs up it's it's hard it is i was I want, I used to play around with my makeup a lot more than Mm -hmm. I do currently, but I once tried to do like a drag king look (gasps) and I watched a tutorial on how to strap your boobs down Mm -hmm. while still not having, um, well, you can expose the center of your chest and then use makeup to make it look like a six pack Uh and then you can buy fake nipples, which I thought was weird. (laughs) Crazy. (laughs) Um, but I was like, I'll try it one time. And so I used duct tape and like... Yanked them yep. to the side yep. and it was like, <gasps> yank "Wow!" Him yank them and strap them. <laughs> <sighs> uh, yeah, bless them. God bless the boobs. Mm-hmm. Any drag performer who straps their business down, mm-hmm. whether it be on top or on bottom, impressive. Yeah, a lot of duct tape. A lot of. <laughs> what were we talking about? <laughs> um. Ladies. They went off and started their own... Uh, Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, as we know, in many places, when protesting for the rights and civil liberties of marginalized groups, women often take the central role in the movements. And Bolivia is no different. So, traditionally, when indigenous protests began, um, because of numerous occasions of rights infringement, women would be the primary demonstrators and organizers. So it was only natural for the essence of this fight and the admiration of these women from outsiders. Um, it was only natural that it occurred, mm-hmm. and the community really, really loved these women, and it carried over into the dramatization of the fight. Okay, you know, it was like just the spirit of it. Uh huh. It exactly. was very welcomed, mostly. Um, (laughs) (laughs) it's very well my next sentence is like and then it wasn't (laughs) um oh before i say that it wasn't um it's clear that the love was reciprocal because a lot of the money that is raised from these wrestling matches Uh go straight back to community projects oh wow yeah that's (laughs) great that's so cool that's it's i love that So, from the second they were allowed in the ring, they, like, truly hit the ground running. And Mm -hmm. it just has exploded over the last few years. Um, They asserted their presence in this male-dominated arena and have accumulated many fans. There are mostly women versus women matches, but sometimes women and men fight each other in the ring. Oh. Um, A flying cholita known as Juanita La uh, Carinosa said of these matchups when a woman fights 100 percent men want to fight 1000 percent they do not accept that they are overcome in our in our companions there are also some anti-cholas she continues to say in the beginning we were not allowed to enter the men's room we used to change in the stands and wait outside that's why we created the association of flying cholitas there men do not get involved that's right i don't know why i'm really on like a message kick I, look, we <laughs> so, love a message. This is this is for any young woman out there who have decided to become wrestlers because I had done it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a very fulfilling experience. But one thing that used to get said to me a lot because I did wrestle boys was that no matter, no matter what, the person wrestling me is always going to lose. Because either they look stupid because they just lost to a girl. Mm-hmm. Or they look like a a mean person because they just beat up a girl, Uh right? And then it's like, hold on. Why is the men at the center of this narrative? Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until after I had left wrestling that Uh I really felt this. And so if you're a young lady out there wrestling, this is your experience. Yeah. And other people... You shouldn't care about other people's feelings. Like, they That's should just right. be treating you as a competitor. You consented to this. They consented to this. They have no right to make all of their emotions of the match about them. Preach. You know? <laughs> and you d- shouldn't have to go through your experience of wrestling feeling guilty for other people. Yeah, exactly. You shouldn't have to tiptoe around other people's feelings they're fragile masculinity they're fragile masculinity if they're gonna lose they're gonna lose to a good competitor titties literally literally packed down into five sports bras (laughs) 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 but i just i just wanted to say that because it's that's kind of what i got from this quote Mm -hmm. of like oh i don't want to look lose to a girl because i gotta fight extra hard but when it's wrestling it literally is by weight classes Mm -hmm. so if you're going pound for pound against somebody else it it really doesn't matter you're equally matched Mm -hmm. like women typically carry their muscles in a different place than men do Mm -hmm. but like that's just your bodies yeah it's physiology you can't change that exactly that's what i had to say about. thank you you god damn it this is why (laughs) look i bring the shitty jokes you bring the positive messages wow that's a first because usually i bring the (laughs) shit in my life typically i'm just a huge downer and then i say (laughs) shitty jokes to try and make up for it that's why we love you heart hands wow heart hands (laughs) i could have not been doing heart hands right then and the listeners would have just had to picture it yeah Where was I? Uh, Anyways. Mm -hmm. Oh, so, yeah. Now they have this own space where they get to thrive, Mm -hmm. which I am very much a fan of. So, they're they're not full-time wrestlers. During the week, they tend to their family and their businesses and do different jobs. And then on Sundays, they become the Flying Cholitas. Their matches are choreographed and framed as good versus evil. Mm -hmm. Um, And they pack performances full of acrobatic tricks intense fightings and theatrics though their performance may seem like a mere spectable, spectable, <laughs> spectacle spectacle <laughs> spectacle the women are interested in more than simply putting on a show the cholitas professional wrestling matches are much more of a symbol of both female empowerment and indigenous empowerment love it yes and i'm going to end this with a quote from danielle um which is what i said earlier and i probably said her name two different ways it's italian okay i'm just i'm just a young lady trying her best so anyway the quote is of the she said of the flying cholitas what was fascinating was their attention to elegance to their indigenous roots, and the attention that they give to the style of dressing. As a photographer, I focus a lot on subcultures, on fashion as a weapon to stand out, to perform, and this is what they do. The Cholitas are indigenous women who, before, were neglected, and now, through wrestling, they gain more power. That's fantastic. And that's the flying. What a does. great story. Thanks. Look I am all about female empowerment and wrestling and costumes and yeah. theatric. <laughs> all of it. Love all of it. And they have we'll probably try to try to post the video. There was a article that came out yesterday. Oh, <laughs> was, as I was writing mm-hmm. this up. I went to look for uh, another source that mm-hmm. I had just used and there was a new entry. Oh, I okay. Like, oh. oh, hello. Um, How <laughs> are you doing? <laughs> but there is a performance videotaped on an iPhone X. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool. And it's really awesome. And it has like sweeping landscape shots. So it's a lot of like, I won't say dull tones, but like pastel blues and like yellow, sweet, and llamas. And then, (laughs) then, llamas. Jazz hands. (laughs) And then there's a wrestling ring. And then it's two women in these like bright and vibrant outfits oh i love it already it's so good i'm so excited to watch this yeah oh and that's that on that that's that on that i love it what a great episode yeah i'm real pleased with 34 (laughs) (gasps) that's how old danny will be this year (gasps) in november in november (laughs) (laughs) she really had to think about that she was like wait is it yes it is Good job. Yay. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> you made it. Woo. All right. That's the end of this episode of this mods but Got y- Oh, wait. The- <laughs> Please. I'm just trying to wrap it up really fast. <laughs> Please rate, review, and subscribe to Email our podcast. Shit. Sorry. Go ahead. Okay. Permission to speak. Thank you. <laughs> Email us. Tell us your stories. Give us a... I am talking into, oh, sorry, (laughs) being positioned in front of the microphone. (laughs) Please email us at, uh, what are we? ThatBroadScotMoxie at gmail.com. And on Instagram and Facebook, we are at ThatBroadScotMoxie. And on Twitter, we are at BroadScotMoxie. Go follow us. Yeah, that's all. Yep. Bye. Bye. Music by Sage Krenning. Cover art by Vinnie Navarrete. Produced and edited by Danielle Barsanti. Side effects of listening to this podcast may include excessive moxie, zero tolerance for the patriarchy, sass mouth, excessive sweating, tipsy tittering, desire to stick into the metaphorical man, fear of cats, empowering women, clammy hands and feet, the inability to do math, lack of patience for the bullshit, thirst for knowledge, questioning the system, cravings for bougie chicken, vodka, and justice, and in some cases can cause death on hills.